This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome to With This Ring, episode 31. I'm your co-host, Ryan Everett. I'm your co-host, Cindy Everett. And tonight, we are going to be continuing our look at the GWWE Greatest Wrestler Ever poll. And it starts, we're going with the man right at the top of my list, number two, originally. Oh. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And now he's number one on your list? Mm, maybe. Potentially? Okay. Yeah, we'll okay. see. See how it goes by the so. end of the night. I, I think he's always going to be <laughs> the second behind, behind Randy Poffo for you. So, as we discussed Steve Austin in our WCW portion of the list, we, we did. looked at his whole WCW career. So we watched 1991 to 2022 as the span yes. of yep. Steve Austin matches that we watched. Yep, And that covers most of his career. Yeah. So for a few... Years in early Dallas beforehand, but yeah, pretty yeah. much the whole length of it. Yep, but here we started specifically with his WWE career, right? So we started with 1996. Yes, so we started because it actually came in as the Ringmaster. That was his name. Yeah, it was like the Ringmaster Steve Austin, but hmm. like tried to like stress a circus person. No, like he's a master of the ring. Like he's so good technically. Mm. Is what they were trying. You don't to want do. to be stunning. You don't want like an offshoot of his stunning Steve. Well, he couldn't really be stunning Steve because he could put like sensational Steve. It yeah, kind of like another. You know, what I mean. Well, by this time, also though, his hair was down to a crew mm. cut and stuff, so that character really wouldn't have. Can't really play can't a blonde. Play like a yeah, like a vain blind person when we don't have you have at the most a crew cut of hair. <laughs> so he goes with Ted DiBiase for a little bit, and after like two months there, he's changed to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why did he move from WCW to WWE? He was injured and WCW fired him. Oh, that was stupid. Because he wasn't going to make... They couldn't market him as a guy who just wrestles in black tights and make money off of that. That's true. WCW didn't make a lot of good decisions. They, but... they had some poor choices, yeah. Anyways. So... so, but then eventually he loses Ted DiBiase as a manager because they also... They gave him a manager because they thought he couldn't... Cut an interview. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Well, it kind of shows to stick with what you love because he, <laughs> he debuted, what, like five years before this and took him that long? Like, you know, it took like. Yeah, and WC. Yeah. He wasn't like Dwayne the Rock Johnson where they like, right. you're an idiot, go be your own character right away. Like, he really persisted. It yes, like, before he, he had to keep stride. fighting. And eventually, it, going into King of the Ring 1996, it was always pegged that it was going to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley's event to win and have him be the King of the Ring. Ah. But then the curtain call incident happened in May of 1996, where it was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H were all 
friends backstage. Mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels beat Diesel, and it was Diesel's last night. So they all hugged in the ring. And all the old-timers were upset about this, because they're breaking kayfabe. Having oh. Heels and faces celebrate. So Nash and Hall are gone, though. They're in WCW. Right. Shawn Michaels is the world champ, so they can't really do anything to him. So they're going to punish Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and he doesn't get to win King of the Ring, and instead have Steve Austin win it. Interesting. Yes. Well, Triple H kind of made us made go with a corporate brand. He was able to figure it out eventually. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this was what he was against Mark Marrow, who yes. I don't know anything about. Um, basically, his biggest queen to fame is Sable's first husband. All right. He was, uh, we watched a couple Johnny B. Bad matches. Oh, that's him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I think we had this conversation when we watched the match. I was like, that guy looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and so. at this point, he was kind of just wrestling as Johnny B. Bad, but vaguely jungle things. That's right. This is kind of what his character was. It was like leather, I guess. Dad likes leather. <laughs> gotcha. And I wrote down for he was. I said his entrance, entrance music was different and bad. Yeah, it was very <laughs> methodical. And I don't even remember what it was, but I'm sure it wasn't good. Yeah, it was rather boring. It said, yeah, slower, very like physical, but a grappling. Oh, yeah, when did he shave his head? Uh, like early 96. Okay. Like his very first two or three matches in the WWE, if he has like a crew cut. Yeah. But then he gets rid of that. Seems like it was probably inevitable anyways, so. Yeah, and that's like one of the... Because he wanted to be, he didn't like the ringmaster, he thought it was a stupid gimmick, and he kind of was watching, he saw a documentary about a serial killer, it was mm-hmm. like ice cold, gotcha. they called him the Ice Man, so then the story is like, oh, he came up with all these names that were horrible from WWE, like Ace McFreeze and oh, stuff, and his wife told him, drink your tea before it goes stone cold, oh. and that was, ta-da. Light ball moment. Yes. Stone Cold Steve. It's it's good. It's stuck. Yeah, it was a lot better than Ace McFreeze. Ace McFreeze. And McFreeze is never going to be. Yeah, it's not like a McDonald's drink. <laughs> your dessert's not going to be a a winning name. Um, but yeah, kind of. He was, I think he was always a really good wrestler. I think yeah, always recognized that. I thought even in WCW he was a good character. Yeah. So it's kind of weird how they didn't really give him as kind of a slower burn. Well, not really. I guess it was a year before he became like. Enormous. Yeah, I mean he shoots up pretty quickly in yeah. WWF, but so in the so he beats Mark Merrill, but in the match he gets kicked and it needs to get like twenty stitches in his left, oh, really? which they was got... legit. Yeah, they like to kick. They were both like kicking. Yeah, out. so he got one kick right in the mouth, and as he's walking out, you could see him like, oh yeah, pose like smiling, kind of to show the blood. Yeah, that's right. And then he comes back to face. Old Jake the Snake Roberts. That's right. I didn't write a lot. Um, oh, it was a quick match. I think Jake the Snake was old at this point. Yes, right? that was like his gimmick. Old and... Well, now he's Christian. Oh. It was his thing. In 1996, he's Christian now? No, back in 1996. Oh, okay. It's kind of like, when did Sean Michaels do his Christian Uh, thing? 2002, maybe. Oh, okay. A little bit after. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't, just said that Steve Austin goes after his ribs. It's a very one-sided match. Yeah. Why did he bite? Why did they have that match? It was for the King of the Ring finals, so oh. they needed to. You couldn't determine the King of the Ring after the King of the Ring pay per view. That would just be silly. <laughs> of course. So they have, and the 
Gorilla Monsoon, the president, tries to stop it, but Jake the Snake doesn't want him to, so then Austin just beats him. That's right. Cleanly in the middle of the ring. And then the most important yes, part of yes, the, yes, yes. the night and one of the best, the most important interviews mm-hmm. of all time, Austin goes over to the Hornet. And before all the kings had like worn the goofy crown and cape and he didn't want anything like that. Right. He just started talking about how Jake the Snake was old and washed up and how all he talks about is John 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your That's, ass. So that makes sense, the whole Christian comment. There. Right, yeah. yeah. So that helped. And then... And he just came up with that, like, on the fly? Yeah. He yeah. just... He, someone told him, like, oh, Jake was cutting a big Christian promo before the match. Was he? Yeah. Like, he always, at this time, that was his thing. Gotcha. Austin 316s. That's good. Yep. It, it stuck. It worked. As 20... Six years later, he was wearing a, the same shirt still in front of 80,000 people, so yeah, and I think it worked. I think he sold about 80 million of them. So. Yeah, I think he's doing all right with that. Mm-hmm. That was a good saying. And then next, we watched a, for the second time, we watched WrestleMania 13. Wait, wait do we some of the other promos we watched? The, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have the, I only oh, have the matches on the oh, yes. spreadsheet, not the... So, <clears throat> sorry. We watch. We went to Brian Pillman's house in yes. Cincinnati. So, well, before that, though, there was an interview on Superstars. Who is dissing Bret Hart? That was pretty good. Where, yes, Steve Austin is dissing Bret Hart, and Brian Pillman, though, keeps speaking up Bret Hart and how great he is. So, Steve Austin attacks Brian Pillman and does a move where you take a chair and wrap it around a guy's ankle and jump on it, which to this day is known as Pillmanizing an ankle. Oh, yikes. Yep. Well, good to be yep. known for something, I guess. And then the next week, Steve Austin decides to go to Brian <laughs> Pillman's house in suburban Cincinnati. Obviously. And he arrives and Brian sees... Pillman's from Cincinnati. And yes. He used to play for the Bengals. Yes, in case you didn't know. Because his... <laughs> one thing I remember from all these <laughs> years of this podcasting is going to be that. Brian Pillman played for the Bengals. <laughs> yes. Is from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And so Steve Austin shows up and beats up two of... Brian Pullman's fat friends who just happened to be there. Right. Not beats local them up jobbers. With, yeah. No, not at all. Beats them up with all the kids' toys, including <laughs> a wagon and a pool that has got to be filled with, like, disgusting 40-degree yeah. leaf <laughs> dirt <laughs> rain. <Water>. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping both of those guys earn their money that night. Yeah, for sure. And then Steve Austin tries breaking into the house, and Brian Pullman shows his gun. That's right. And yeah. We're told there very, were explosions. Very normal. There were explosions, but Steve Austin saw the gun and he ran away. And then at the end, Austin breaks in again. And Brian Pillman gets up again with the gun. And everyone's trying to separate him. Brian Pillman says, let him fucking go. That's and right. Raw had to cut off pretty quickly then. Yeah. It, it kind of seems like Steve would do whatever like for his promos. Like, yeah. He was pretty open to like... Well, we just watched 10 clips of him driving Zambonis yes. and cement trucks and beer trucks. But I guess he like driving just different vehicles. Right. And breaking into people's houses. Yeah. He would do whatever was necessary. There was never any like weird like pirate amnesia story in Cleveland? No, not really. He, his storylines were always they were very somewhat like, above line. Yeah. They are very like straightforward. They, I think McFoy maybe got a little too complex with whatever he was Sometimes, trying. yeah. But even like Steve, was, was like Steve Austin wrestled for like the better part of two years, an undead zombie. 
Titty. I mean, The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. That's so, true. even those were, there's the time The Undertaker tries to, like, embalm him alive and stuff. But, for the most part, even those kind of stayed on the surface. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, The Undertaker's supposed to be a zombie? Kind of. Oh, I just thought he was, like, an Undertaker. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Undertaker doesn't feel pain, though. And he's died, like, four times. Oh. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Are we going to do him for one of our months? I don't know. Because he's kind of hard to, like, yeah, you'll see five great matches and talk about how good he is, but then there's also, like, ten of horrible matches that... Not very consistent. Like, he's, yeah, he's very hit or miss. Okay. We just watched all his wacky, <laughs> very good alive, very involving matches. There are more than one, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Well, you're starting to talk about yes. my quit match. At WrestleMania 13. Between Bret Hart and Steve Austin. Oh, this is the one with, with Kent Shamrock. And yes, Kent Shamrock and his little referee outfit. It's very little. Yes. It's very... almost as small as Vince McMahon's. But a little larger. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, and we watched this before because this is the gross match. That's right, I yes. Think it, everyone loves it. It's very iconic. I think it's very bloody. Yes, it well, well that's true both too. Is but, true, yeah. Both are true. <laughs> both are true. Yes, it is I, definitely I very I, bloody as I, well. I guess if I watched this in 1997, I'd probably feel <laughs> differently about it. But what, how did you feel when you were watching this the first time? That it was awesome because there was blood and there usually wasn't blood. Oh, really? This time. Yeah. Oh. Like, blood was kind of a big no-no from the early 90s to, like, no. here. Yeah. So what changed? Why? Well, they were kind of, for one thing... Early 90s, they were still really pushing more just kids. Mm-hmm. And then also, there was kind of like confusion about AIDS and how oh, it could spread and yeah. stuff like that. So they didn't really do blood too much in the early 90s. Well, WWF especially. AIDS, they both had open wounds. They could get, <laughs> right. If one of them had AIDS and they both had open wounds, then they could spread AIDS. True, yes. They test for it. Eventually they did, okay. yeah. But I mean, at this time though, it was like right, yeah, you yeah. know, people didn't know what was going right. on. Right. So, but around here is when well, the ECW started doing more blood, so then it started like leaking into WWF, and then like this was the start of through '97 and '98. It's like a All lot, blood. Of, a lot yeah. of blood. Oh yeah, I can we can attest to that. So, I mean, we guess we've already said. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> one of the best matches in WWF history, if not just for the like the actual match, the moves and stuff in it, then also like the story of Bret Hart being like paranoid that no one likes him. Oh, that's right. And then yeah. turning on the crowd after he wins. Mm-hmm. And like he keeps attacking Austin, so Ken Shamrock like backs him off and challenges him to a fight, but Bret Hart. Being Bret Hart. Yeah, backs like off. backs off and walks out and gives the the finger to a fan who's like holding an American flag. Yep, that sounds about right. Did he like cut himself like just like super deep or like, how did he get like the blood to like... I think Bret Hart did it to him. Ugh. Because he wasn't too sure about doing it to himself because he hadn't done it too... Well, he had done it before early in his career, but not for the last couple of years. Gotcha. Yeah, he cut him deep. Yeah, and it, I mean... It's deep, but that image, like, made it all worth it, I think. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, we're having a little bit of a... Yeah, that's A little bit right. of an issue in our house. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little COVID infection. Mm-hmm. 
But okay, so before we talk about the next match, yes, I have a note in here. I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me more about Vader <laughs> getting arrested in Kuwait because this was like yes. the lead up to the match that we're going to watch. Like one of the announcers, like Jr. mentioned, how Vader is now in a prison in Kuwait. Kuwait and I was yes. like, oh what? And Jerry Lawler had this nice <laughs> photo of him. That's right. <laughs> uh, picking up camel droppings. Yeah, so okay, let's talk about that. Basically, <laughs> they were. The, there was a tour of wrestlers in Kuwait because they were holding shows there. Because for like the for its troops, was it like no, just, storm related or no? It was like for civilians, like for the civilians of Kuwait, kind of like the Saudi Arabia yeah, shows now, uh, where they're okay. paid for. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like you're not hoping that you sell out. The government is paying for it and selling the tickets themselves. Okay. So they were going there and to promote it, and the show that was basically, from what I read, it was like the Good Morning America. Gotcha. To Kuwait. So good morning, Kuwait. And <laughs> that's what it was called. Probably. <laughs> it probably was good morning, Kuwait. Anyways, this guy was like asking questions that he claimed were like sent in by the audience members. Which could have been true. Could have been. He still doesn't have to yeah. ask them. But he asked something about... And it's weird because they never actually show... And WWE, or like, I saw like an Inside Edition thing on it. They never actually showed the interview, the question himself that got Vader so pissed off. Mm-hmm. It had to be something about, is wrestling fake? And right. Why are, are you guys, you're not even really fighting. And Vader gets all pissed off at it. While the Undertaker's just sitting there. Yeah, I got it. his motorcycle things. gear, like, not giving no a shit. No reaction at all. And Vader gets all pissed off and, like, stands up. And, that was like k though, right? Kind of, but then I guess he went over the line by like actually hitting the journalist. Like if he doesn't like, he like picks him up by his jacket and kind of like pushes him back in the in his chair. And because of that, Vader like was leaving the studio afterwards and got arrested. Yep. And they don't have right to a fair trial in Kuwait. I mean, he was like held until there was a trial, basically. But then I think the U.S. Embassy had to get involved. Get him released. Vader never wrote some BS memoir and talked about this? Not really. Huh. How long was he in jail? It was like... I think it was like... I don't think it was so much jail. I think he was kind of in house arrest at the hotel they were staying. Hmm. Is eventually oh. what it became. Like, he couldn't leave the country for like a week, I think, more than... And that was just like their punishment? Yeah, it was kind of like they're deciding what to do with him. But they knew it wasn't like... It wasn't that serious that's... If it was that serious, they a, either wouldn't mention it or, like, actually, no, they just wouldn't have mentioned it. Like, right. by this time, they already knew it was going to blow over, but now they had something gotcha. to explain why, gotcha. where Vader's yeah. gone been. <laughs> Vader's still in Kuwait, guys. <laughs> just like, right. Yeah, that, that was just like, did not. I haven't come up, that didn't come up with the Vader matches either. Because we're doing Vader. Yeah, Vader and WCW, this is. Vader WWF, which that's kind of a a good snapshot of his WWF career. How it was always a little less than and getting arrested in Kuwait. To say, a little more international. Yeah. Crimes. Okay. So then, though, in conjunction with that, is the yes. next match. Is this, there was a a segment on Raw that a Raw that was featured all around the Steve Austin versus Bret Hart angle. Match, yeah. As because the night before was the In Your House pay-per-view after WrestleMania, and Steve Austin beat Bret Hart by DQ. Mm-hmm. So, But he didn't want... He wasn't satisfied with that. Right, he wants the belt. He wants 
Well, no, not the belt. He just wants to beat I'm Bret not, Hart more. Because okay. he hates Bret Hart. Yeah. Does he really hate Bret Hart? No. He respects him a lot. But yeah. at the time. And on the show. So he gets Bret Hart. He just, he challenges him to a street fight. And after multiple times of Bret Hart denying, he eventually comes out and accepts. Oh, that's right. Like, always oh, not here. He's yeah. Here, and then, and then he's like, he's Steve Austin's like trying to break down the door in the back. And that's they right. come out and talk him down. And then, of course, Owen Hart and the British Bulldog attack Steve Austin right away. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels runs out with his chair. Yeah. Swinging it I like crazy. Total chaos for this one. Yes. Just everyone gets... Well, actually, they, it did kind of settle down. I think I even made a comment, too. We were watching this one. I'm like, oh, it's already a shit show. Yeah. But you're, it's almost like they get the shit show out of the way. And right. Then, and then they have shit. the match. The regular match. And it was only like a five minute, like, the actual match part. Right. Where they fight, and then Steve Austin... A lot of chair shots. Gets the chair shot around Bret Hart. Gives him the pulmonizer, and then puts him in the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like, the refs are able to get him off. And, yeah, like a boat. Like a, this is only like a ton of refs. Yeah, like all the refs. And, like, uh, they yeah. can't really do anything. Right, I don't know why that... Why, why they bring up all the refs? Because <coughs> they wanted to show that everyone wanted him off. I don't know. 1997 is like... <laughs> we've talked about many times as a... Crazy year, especially in wrestling. It seems like this is when Austin really yeah. blew up. Yeah. So Owen Hart and the British Bulldog come back and help Brett to the back, and Owen Hart's yelling at him, "Stop it, you idiots!" And the British Bulldog's very helpful oh, though. Yeah. Watch the wires, guys. Watch the wires. Yeah. Watch the wires, guys. <laughs> You're going kind of twildy and twildy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Owen Hart just keeps yelling at all the paramedics while the Bulldog's like trying to help them. Help them. They had a little good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah, so they they load Bret Hart in the ambulance. It looks like he's going to go to the hospital and everything's okay. But then we go to the camera in the front of the ambulance. <laughs> and Steve Austin has commandeered the ambulance. Obviously. He jumps in the back and starts beating on Bret Hart, <laughs> like punching both his face and the knee that he's injured. Yeah, he I mean, mainly involving different types of vehicles. But yep. yeah. So then, like, him and... The British Bulldog and Owen Hart, like, fight with him then. And then Gorilla Monsoon comes up and starts yelling at Steve Austin in the back to get out of here. Oh, yeah. And Austin says he's not done. And then later in the night, he comes out to cut another promo. And then Brian Pillman returns out of nowhere and attacks Steve Austin. So that was, like, just one crazy episode of Raw. I bet. Yes. (laughs) Everyone's... Yeah, it seems like every... Episode of Ross, there would just be a lot yeah, of chaos. Especially like this time when they were starting to get into like the attitude format of like, all right, three minute match, but then here's the important thing that happens gotcha. after or before. Gotcha. So it's more like this, like the soap opera type. Yeah. Advancing plot lines versus the actual wrestling. Exactly. Was it because they didn't have like a lot of talent they felt like? Or like, uh, kind of. And also like what they wanted to do wasn't. It was more storyline based and storyline driven than actual match driven. Hmm. And for a while, it definitely worked. Yeah, that's true. But it, yeah, any kind of format's gonna kind of come and go, right? Um, and then the next, yeah, we have to watch nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. Yep. But yeah, that was when everyone it was like really is is hype. Ugh, the next one is though is the another heart. Yes, Owen Hart this time for the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 1997. Oh, I have WrestleMania at SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam. And the stipulation here was if Steve Austin couldn't kick his ass, referring to Owen Hart, he would kiss his ass. 
Oh, Owen Hart kind of fucked that one up. Screw that one up. Sorry. Yeah, this is it. This is the one. Where, yeah, I mean, you could tell. Yeah, it Austin's was. Neck is, even like, I remember watching it scrambled live and knowing something was wrong, even just because, like, there's. A good 45 seconds where no one is doing anything. Yeah. The way that the announcers react to the fact that, like, Owen knew he had to lose. He had to kind of do, like, that little, like, kind of, like, just positioned himself just right for Steve Austin to barely turn over and flop on him. Yeah. Jeez. But the thing that's forgotten beforehand, it was a really good match, I think. Yeah. It was real technical, and, like, it was kind of until 2001... It was Steve Austin's, like, last great technical match, I think. Because really? eventually he got into, like, it was basically called, like, the Austin-style yeah. main event brawl. That's true. Where, like, they'd wrestle into the crowd. and That's a good point. We talked about, yeah, the, the Austin style. And, yeah, you're right. He These matches, I mean, there was always, like, shenanigans going on. Well, the last one was maybe not a good example when he's in, ends up in an ambulance. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, this match was... There is, it is straight, just the two of them. That is no true. Yeah. interference or anything from anyone. You're right. That is like a very clean match match. So it's kind of definitely unfortunate. Yeah. That's how it had to end. So that kind of stopped our 1997 matches. Yep, because Steve Austin, he well, he's out till November with Survivor Series. He comes back and beats Owen Hart in like a four-minute match. And then in December, we actually watch the match. It's him versus The Rock. Where he drives the pickup truck to the ring. Oh, yeah. But they, even that's like a five-minute match also. So he really wasn't wrestling long matches at this point until, right, like kind of going into WrestleMania 14. Okay. Which we watched in a Tim versus Shawn Michaels with Iron Mike Tyson as Obviously. the special guest enforcer. Again, not referee enforcer. No, because, yeah. I, mean, I wrote referee, but you're right. He wasn't the referee. Right, because referee actually... Is too important, and you can't really have Mike Tyson do that. So he's the enforcer, just in case something happens with the referee. They wanted him involved for the publicity, but you can't really like trust him to be the ref. Yeah, he he just got in trouble again for like beating somebody up on a plane or something. Well, that was that guy was asking for it. Yeah, I mean, you keep badgering Mike Tyson on a plane. That's pretty dumb. What do you think is going to happen? Pretty dumb. Yeah, this is when Shawn Michaels has these like weird braids. Like, all like those weird hairstyles. Yeah, yeah, he had some interesting choices that he made. Yep, I mean, this is yeah, Triple H interferes. Yep, there's no ref. Shawn Michaels shows his butt again. Yep, of course he's <laughs> always a fan of that. How? Yeah, I thought that was just like a once in a while thing. It seems like he is. A little WrestleMania. This is a WrestleMania move. Yeah, it shows it shows the ass. Yeah, I guess this, it's a big event, big, big time. There you go. You got a lot of eyes on it. This, you're proud of it. Um, Sean gets in a nice flying elbow, but then there's no ref. Yeah. Oh no! What are we gonna do? Mike and Tyson then takes. That's why. So my my note was right. He ended up being the referee. Yep. Yeah, because they do the the sweet chin music into the stunner mm-hmm. reverser, and then also this was Shawn Michaels' last match for four years. Oh. Because his back was like really screwed, and there's one point where like. He's standing in the corner, and you could tell, like, he's wincing. And mm. This was his first match in two months already. Like, oh, really? He was ready to leave. Gotcha. But he ended up manning through it and doing this match as much as possible. Who knows how many pills he was on, but yeah. got through yeah. it. 
And then next, well, first, actually, let's take a quick break. Okay. Before we continue with, now we are on to Stone Cold Steve Austin WWF champion. Okay. And we'll look over that mode next. You can't walk his walk. And that's the bottom line from the Stone Cold But you can wear his shirt. The Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt. 316 appears on the front and a skull is on the back with Stone Cold etched in the forehead. Some people will go to desperate lengths to possess one of these shirts. All you have to do is call 815-734-1161 or send a check or money order to the address on your screen. And that's the bottom line. So call now. All right, and welcome back. And as we said, we're now starting after WrestleMania 14, as Steve Austin is the WWF champ. And the next clip we looked at was the night after WrestleMania on Raw, where Vince McMahon awards the new WWF title to to Steve Austin, the, the Attitude Eagle, as it is commonly known, that belt, because it's Associated with the Attitude Era. Oh, okay. I, yeah, my notes were out of order. I thought we did the promos at some point. Maybe, like, gives it all the stunners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was... You, you're not writing the promos. I'm not that. writing the promos, no. After he broke his neck and couldn't wrestle, right. he just had a theory coming they needed some. Yeah, yeah, they needed him to somehow interact with people still on the show so he could still give stunners. So he started stunning all the different announcers. Mm-hmm. Until it got to Madison Square Garden, where Vince McMahon was trying to talk sense to him about how everyone wants to see him wrestle, but he needs to have a waiver. Oh, he's like, I love you. Yeah. That one, yeah. He gives him a stunner. So, yeah. So, Steve Austin gives him a stunner. And then, if we go to the night after WrestleMania, again, Steve Austin gives Vince McMahon a stunner. Yeah. And this kind of set the stage for now, this is going to be the feud. One way or the other, it's going to be Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. Yeah. And the first person to like take up this charge is Mick Foley of the two do love matches, including the one that we watched before, where it's like oh, yeah. all over the arena. Oh yeah, yeah. The over the edge with Briscoe and Patterson as the <laughs> ring announcer and uh, timekeeper as he's walking around with the bell just in case. Right. Very important. And then from there, he feuds with Kane. This is all, like, under Vince McMahon's puppeteering. Of course. And then finally, they get to SummerSlam, and it's him versus The Undertaker, who... I mean, at this point, these two were the two biggest stars in the WWF, and they had really crossed paths in a big-time one-on-one match. Yeah, when was Undertaker, like, in in the regular rotation? Because I feel like I'm just used to seeing him once a year. started in 90... Oh, like, he was... Full time from like ninety one to, I'd say like two thousand ten. Oh, really? It's kind of when he stopped being full time. Wow. Full time. Now he's just like the once a year. Yeah, okay. if that. Yeah, I mean now he's in the Hall of Fame, so hopefully he can stay retired. Yeah, yeah. Don't have to come out and wrestle for uh, WrestleMania anymore. Yeah, or Saudi Arabian shows. <laughs> Risk getting with Vader. I- well, I guess Vader's dad, so they can't reprise their little... Yeah, they won't have to worry about Good Morning Kuwait. <laughs> Good Morning Kuwait. Yeah, so this is... Um, the Undertaker's a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, 
You said that Austin got like knocked out during this. Match. Yeah, like early in the match, they like kind of butt heads, and according to like promos or like interviews he's given after it, like he was knocked out right there, and basically just like Undertaker dragged them through the rest of the match. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But he's still pretty good. Yeah, he's able to make it look like, convincing. Like Kane comes out but doesn't do anything. He right. Just like stares him down. And they go in the crowds. Oh yeah, this one, like this one Undertaker jumps off the top rope onto the announcer's table. That yeah. A leg drop off the top. That's a Through the announce table, yeah. yeah. That is That's the a guy. Big. Onto a guy who's a year removed from having a broken neck. Yeah. That's a little risky. Yeah. But no, they, they pulled it off. Yeah. And no one got seriously maimed. Right. But then uh, Steve Austin, well, they had to do Sound of Music. The yeah. Old school. The old school like rope walk. And then, but then Steve hits the center right after that. Yeah. Well, he hits a low blow. That's and then right. comes off and then hits the stunner. Using Sound of Music for evil. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then after this, Steve Austin. Vince McMahon makes him fight, Steve Austin fight both The Undertaker and Kane in a triple threat match. Oh. And that's what gets the title off Steve Austin. And then he chases the belt for a while. It's like Vince McMahon starts the corporation with The Rock and the big boss yeah, man. Very story heavy during yes, this time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so very this was like heavy. every week though there was something else. Like there's the Corvette where, he, oh. where Vince McMahon shows up to the arena in a Corvette. And Steve Austin shows up later in a cement truck and fills it up and mm-hmm. gives it to him. And yeah, they that, must have had, like, a huge budget. Yeah. Get to destroy all these cars and run all this heavy machinery. <laughs> and then, like, this right machines. around this time was when Vince McMahon was in the hospital. And first, earlier in the night, Mankind comes and ends up making Mr. Sacco. Huh. But then, after that, Steve Austin poses as a doctor and beats the <laughs> shit out of Vince McMahon, ending with him giving him an enema. Oh, so, obviously, like I said, it was just every week there was some moment with him, usually in Vince McMahon. It's where... almost like Red and Stippy. Like those... No, it's, it's, it's like itchy and scratchy. <laughs> yeah, so really, <laughs> it is a cartoon sometimes with what he was doing to him. And then, yeah, at the same time, he was also feuding with The Undertaker. And like I said, The Undertaker tried to give him an enema. Or not an enema. Not an enema. A, uh, what did you do to dead people? Uh, an autopsy? No. Sex no, <laughs> where you get all the like liquids out of them? Uh, oh, I don't know. Is that the term for that? Yeah, it. We said it earlier. The Undertaker was having oh embalming. Embalment. Yeah, he tries to embalm him alive, <laughs> and then like him and Paul Bear get in the fu- like Steve Austin shoves Paul Bear down a manhole cover at Obviously. one point. So it's just on and on. It just keeps going and going. <laughs> And then Steve Austin beats The Rock for the title at WrestleMania 15. We watched that yep. a while ago. And then finally, that gets us to fully loaded 1999. The Undertaker and Steve Austin are still feuding. All right. Long feud. Vince McMahon and Steve Austin are still feuding. And in this match, The Undertaker is Vince's proxy. Right. As it's the first blood match where if Austin wins, Vince McMahon is never allowed on television again. Obviously. And he's going to have to live up to these stipulations. And if Steve Austin loses, though, he can never receive a WWF title match again. Oh. 
Yeah, I wrote first blood matches with some stupid stakes tied to it. Yes. It's an <laughs> apt description. This is the, yeah, they start fighting. Yeah, this is the, what do you call it, the Austin? Yeah, like the Attitude Air yeah. brawl. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, not a bunch a of weapons. Fighting, just like running around. Yeah. Shane runs out. Oh, yeah, so then Shane runs out and he gets smacked right away. Yes, he does not last too long. <laughs> The no one two three kid shows up. Yes, because X Pac, and this was like a point where all the main event feuds were like intertwined with each other, and like X Pac was teammates with Kane, and Undertaker didn't like that, so Undertaker came out and attacked X Pac earlier in the night. Obviously, so X Pac had to get some revenge. Was X Pac like supposed to be like a nickname for something, or just like part of the Degeneration X? Yeah, that was just his name in DX. Mm, that's stupid. Mm. Degeneration. The time it was. It was. The time it was. It was a time. Fashionable. It was a time. Well, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah, then this is the one where like, it just like literally every wrestler comes out. Yeah, at the end, everyone comes out, but eventually Steve Austin is. Or the Undertaker is bleeding before Steve Austin. Although eventually both, they both bleed. bleed. Yeah. And it's just a huge fight. And then at the end, though, it's Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. and Steve Austin just keeps stunning him and drinking right. beer over him. Oh yeah, people people love it. It's yep. Definitely of a time, but I think he like almost like defines like that time. Like he's yeah. very much part of that like late nineties right era. Yes. And then so then actually in November of ninety nine, in storylines he gets hit by a car. Okay. And is taken out for a year because he actually needed to go and have real neck surgery. Gotcha. Like they were, it wasn't working anymore. Just sitting off and right. having a broken neck. Not the best uh, treatment for it. Yeah, no. So he comes back, and first he's feuding with Rikishi, who it turns out is the guy who tried running or who ran him over. Mm -hmm. I feel like, does the surgery everything like work out? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, to a point. Okay. So then he <laughs> came back, and then like in 2001, he like. Well, he had the match with The Rock at WrestleMania where he turns heel. Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon helping him. That's and right. then he, like, turns into... Because, like, for the four years in between, like, he would never take a pile driver or a German uh, suplex or any of these, like, high neck moves. moves yeah. But then he started having, like, matches with Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit where he's taking, like, ten German suplexes. Oof. Just to, like... I think, like, he kind of knew, like, Okay, I only have like a year left. I'm going to go out as hard as I can. Jeez. Interesting. And one of these matches is Steve Austin versus Kurt Angle for the WWF title mm -hmm. at SummerSlam 2001. Yeah, that's a different, oh yeah, different music because it's heel. Yes, so he's now heel Steve Austin, so he needs to have sinister music. So like he just knew his time was up because like health reasons or like... Popularity or... Mainly, like, health reasons. And he was kind of thinking, like, he didn't know how long he'd be able to keep going. Gotcha. And you don't want to, like, overstay your welcome. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, lots of suplexes. Oh, the superplex off the top rope. Yeah. Pretty good. This is Kurt Angle that's real bloody here. Yes. Steve Austin just keeps throwing him into the post, that's like, right. four times. Ugh. To make his point. Really make his point known. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was he just, was he feeding with Kurt Angle? Yeah, well, yeah, at this point, they were, Steve Austin had joined the WCW-ECW alliance. Oh, that's right. So he was the main... How could I forget? Of course. He was the main 
guy in that group. And then, like, Kurt Angle and The Rock were the two main WWE guys. So, Kurt Angle is feuding with Steve Austin. And ta-da. Gotcha. <laughs> is this the point where we watch, like, the weird video? When you hear the wing beneath my ring? Yeah, that was the <laughs> night after. So, yeah. So, Steve Austin starts attacking the refs. And then Kurt Angle right. has him beat, and Nick Patrick, WCW referee, oh, runs out right. Evil and counts the two count, but then ends up disqualifying Steve Austin for attacking all the refs, giving Kurt Angle the win, but by count out, so he doesn't win the title. Or by DQ, and he doesn't win the title, though. Mm-hmm. So then the next night, the Alliance had the Steve Austin Appreciation Night. Yes, of course. Where everyone gives his their talks to why Steve Austin <laughs> is their hero, eventually ending with, them singing that Steve Austin is the wind beneath their ring. The best part is the bouncing. Oh, Steve, Steve Austin, Austin head. head is what makes it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Unfortunately, this part is not on the network due well, to yeah. music infringements. But you do get the end of on the, which is the pretty uh, unique Kurt Angle coming out. Yeah. In the milk truck, which was an homage to Steve Austin coming out. Gotcha. Two years earlier in the bear truck. And then I noticed the match too. The sign said like "got milk." Was like there's something with Kringle and milk going on. There was a bunch of Stephanie jokes around that time. Oh. There were large breasts. Gotcha. Because Chris okay. Jericho had pointed out on Raw how she obviously had a boob jab over the last year. It wasn't the last of those either. Gotcha. All right, so not that type of okay. So not a reference to Kringle coming out in the milk truck. No, but like they had always like joked around about how. Kurt Angle, like, drank milk. Straight edge, and, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That's on Brown being Olympia and, like, yes. drinking milk, eating your Wheaties. Exactly. All that good stuff. Gotcha. So then, eventually, they get rid of the alliance and everyone just kind of forgets that it ever happened. And Kurt, Steve Austin just goes back to being regular Steve Austin. The heel thing didn't really stick. No, because people didn't want to boo him. True. It was just not something that... And they didn't have a strong enough face like hurting yeah well af- right after this <coughs> pay-per-view they had a pay-per-view in september where they were having a rematch and it was in pittsburgh kurt angle's hometown but i think what they ended up doing two weeks after this is what they probably would have done originally because steve austin ends up losing the title to kurt angle because it was september 23rd 2011 mm. or 2001 uh, so you couldn't have the guy in the american flag really lose at this point right so kurt angle got like a quickie two-week title reign and then lost it to steve austin and raw when william regal joined the wcw team gotcha but then eventually steve austin loses the belt takes a little bit of time off and around like wrestlemania 18 he gets pretty disenfranchised and walks off for like two weeks Hmm. it was mainly he wasn't didn't like where his standing was Hmm. he was kind of lower lowered because hulk hogan was back and he left w when he left wcw originally he was always wary that he thought the reason he was kind of pushed out was hulk hogan didn't want to work with him Hmm. so they've always had like a bit of friction between the two of them Hmm. Does Hulk Hogan acknowledge this, too? Kind of, but in his own weird way yeah. where he's like, oh, I would have loved to work with him, but, you know, at that time, he wasn't at my level in WCW, uh, brother. 
it's like, yeah, but you build a guy up to... Right. Like, yeah, obviously you can't just have anyone fight you, but you could build a guy up and... I think by, like, 1990... If, like, Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin fought, like, 1997, then... Yeah. That's, like, a different story. It's not, it's not like, 1989 anymore, Hulk Hogan. Right, yeah, exactly. And even in, like, 1994, it's not like Steve Austin was curtain jerk and he was facing ricky yeah, steamboat he was always this, a really good wrestler and he was facing ricky steamboat for the second yeah. biggest title right, right. The, the same show you're debuting it's not like he was you know on the dark right card. no i think that hulk hogan's just old himself <coughs> well that's the thing also you never really know what the hell hulk hogan's saying at least steve austin has gone on record yeah, plenty of times sure, yeah. i mean he has had he had a podcast with like 500 oh. episodes and, oh really yeah that's a lot. Yeah, he. What he, he like talking? What do you talk about? Like just random stuff, like mostly wrestling, but like also, like workouts and hunting and stuff like that. All right. Did he like read ads for like Headspace in between? I mean, yeah, yeah, he had ads. I'm not sure <laughs> what all of them. I, I don't remember all of them. Yeah, interesting. Isn't that he stopped doing it? Yeah, he kind of got sick of it. I mean, he'd done it for like he was like an early. Podcast. Big time podcaster, really? like it was. I think like Adam Carolla, Joe Rogan, and him were like the first hmm. to get like so many downloads or something. Interesting. Like, it was on podcast one of a pretty big network. Hmm. Interesting. So then, though, he comes back a little late, like in April. Like he's gone for two weeks and after two. WrestleMania, yeah, and starts on Raw, and this is when. They tried to make Raw and Smack well, the first time they tried to make Raw and SmackDown their own separate shows with like, you know, they're on SmackDown, they're only gonna be on SmackDown. Like there's different storylines. Right. Yeah, different okay. the, the brand split is what they called it, instead of just saying the split. So eventually Rick Flair well, Rick Flair's the co owner of Raw and Vince McMahon is the owner of SmackDown. Well whatever. <laughs> <coughs> Really? So unfortunately, at this time, though, the only gimmick they angle they could think of was Steve Austin faces authority figure. So mm. they turn Ric Flair heel, and they have him fight Steve Austin. Yeah, at that point, Ric Flair could be a heel. Yeah. Oh yeah, he could. I mean, it's not hard for him to play heel. No. I think they had to wait a little bit though, because this was the first time it was in WWF for nine years, so people just wanted to cheer him. Right. The first time, but then by Second or third time around, if he's acting like a dick, yeah, you'll boo him. Right. And play along, kind of. Right. So this match against him and Steve Austin on Raw, and Steve Austin, or Ric Flair declares that it has to be an old-fashioned wrestling match. No punches. Mm-hmm. No. And you can't win by counter disqualification. When, when did punches start? Well, they were always technically illegal. <laughs> oh, okay. You can't technically you can't use a closed fist. Oh, uh, well, Steve, so no one told Steve Austin. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that reminds me. It's kind of because we got some other promos. Actually, I don't think we watched them, but one of the whole like what? When did that start? So yeah, that was. It's like a later. It thing. actually started the August thirteenth, two thousand one episode of Raw. Okay. I've. I'm notified of that because I was there in Chicago. Oh, okay. And yeah, it just started like him because. Like, late 2001, when he was the leader of the Alliance in WCW, his thing was, like, he was paranoid that, like, everyone was always after him, and mm. that's why he joined WCW, because they 
they cared about the alliance. him. Alliance. Yeah. Okay. So he like would just cut an interview on someone, and every couple minutes, he or every couple seconds, he'd say he'd like pose a question and then just say what, and then it just kept getting to the point where after every sentence he'd say what, and then eventually the crowd started picking up and saying what also, hmm. and it got to the point where like he would just say things in promos to allow the crowd to say what back to him. Right. And then it became a thing like he was feuding with Kurt Angle. The fans would say what after everything Kurt Angle said, so he'd like get pissed off and <laughs> get it in that. That's good. Finish his interviews. So, yeah. So, they decide it's going to be an old-fashioned match, and Ric Flair also wants it written up that, that if Steve Austin loses, Steve Austin has to be his personal assistant for 30 days. Right before the match, Deborah's looking at the contract. Oh, noted, noted law clerk yeah, exactly, Deborah, yeah. and she notices that the stipulation is that the loser has to be the winner's personal assistant uh, for thirty days. So good, they have good the, eye, Deborah. Yeah, so Steve Austin she did. wins. Rick Flair has to be his assistant for thirty days. Exactly. Huh. So they have a like a big fifteen-minute match though, which on Raw was unusual at the time. They had yeah. that long of a time just to go out and have it and they stress nice and early that steve austin can't punch there's oh, quite a few times where he, he rears that. back and can't do it like no 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 so i i even call this like it'll be a lot of chops yeah so there there are a lot a of lot chops of yeah chops. i mean because a punch is just kind of a transitional move a lot of the time so right here instead of punching they chop a lot more yep you find someone to beat each other up yeah by using punches but it's a nice like throwback match and Ric Flair shows that he can still go mm-hmm. and Steve Austin shows that he's still when he's motivated he can still because he had had quite a few lackluster matches gotcha. leading up to this but so he wins the match and then but there was stuff like shenanigans still like Chris Benoit yeah comes but out, I mean Eddie Greer comes out that doesn't like play into the finish though, that's true because he that's ends true. up winning clean mm-hmm. yeah good point so then it's set up that the next week, Steve Austin will have Ric Flair as his assistant. Mm. But then when Creative came out the next week for Raw, it was Steve Austin losing to Brock Lesnar oh. unadvertised. And Austin read that and said, that's stupid. Like, I have no problem losing to Brock Lesnar, but why are we going to do it on a Raw with no advertisement? It should be a main event of a pay-per-view. Right. And they said, well, that's the plan. Well, he said, and he said, okay, well, that plan sucks. I'm going home. And left for till January. And, like, left, his contract was, like, he's suspended. Gotcha. And then in January, he finally came back and has a match with the Rocket WrestleMania Did 19. Did goofy, like, promos of, like, Ric Flair, like, shoveling out horse stalls? No, I don't know if they ah, were. Ah, that's a missed opportunity. I mean, I'm sure they had stuff like that ready to go, but... If he's not going to be on Raw, then they're not going to right. do that. I they would do that like, right away. Oh, it was the next week this happened. Oh, Brock Lesnar messing everything up. Yep. So then he has his match with The Rock at WrestleMania 19, where The Rock finally won, mm-hmm. hitting the three rock bottoms. And then he retired. And, I mean, he'd show up quite a bit here and there, usually ending with him hitting a stunner and drinking beers over whoever well, yeah. he had to vanquish. And until this WrestleMania, yeah, when Kevin Owens started in January, it was like, I wonder what Kevin Owens is going to do for WrestleMania. And then it like all of a sudden, one week on Raw for no reason, really, he started talking bad about 
Texas. Um, it was like I don't think the Raw was in Texas. It was very unusual. And then like two nights later, like it came out online. It's like, oh, the WWF is reaching out to Steve Austin to wrestle at WrestleMania. So then eventually it became clear that's what Kevin Owens was angling for, was yeah. planning for, and was getting. So and he had just like in early January, his contract was up. There were rumors that he was going to go to ADW. Oh, Kevin Owens? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he re-signed with WWE. Oh. And I think this was his reward yeah. for doing oh, so. Yeah, gotcha. Because, I mean, this was the biggest match at WrestleMania. And then also, at the same time, Sami Zayn re-upped his contract. Oh, and he got okay. the big jackass match at WrestleMania. Which jackass match? He fought Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Oh, good for Johnny So, like, and it was, like... It's like the match that the mainstream audience will look at the most. You know? Gotcha, it's, gotcha. It's got a movie star in it. Mm-hmm. So both of them were well rewarded for yes, staying with the company. Can't go to Saudi Arabia, though. No, no, you cannot. So, oh, I'm getting tired. So, we have, it starts as the KO show. Yeah, that was a long lead-in. Yeah. Because so, you, you thought they weren't, because they didn't. They teased they it. Teased, they, really they, said for, they said there was going to be a KO show with Steve Austin. And it was like a debate about whether it's actually going to be a match or whether it's going to be... It's going to end with Steve Austin just attacking Kevin Owens. And, Which is fine, too. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously going to end with Steve Austin drinking a beer over Kevin Owens. It was... Right. How do we, we get, get there? there. <laughs> and how long does it take in between? <laughs> so then, yeah. It was good though. Steve Austin comes out on his ATV, of course. Because yep. he's not walking down that damn ramp. He was long. Well, he has to, now after watching that little compilation video, he has to come out and something. Can't <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, this was, like, for, from 2003 on, he was, he had different roles, but he always had, like, an ATV he'd ride to the ring in. Yeah. Usually with a cooler of beer, which isn't probably the greatest model, but whatever. No. So then... I kind of was hoping they'd have, like, the pane of glass... <laughs> but I guess that it would have been hard to. Yeah, that I guess it's about quite a bigger, way. more elaborate uh, entrance than the WrestleMania 13 entrance. Could be a little bit more. Maybe the big entrance that would have <laughs> a little more. Anyways, could have done it. But so Kevin Owens lets him know that he really wants him to have a match, and if he's if he's not, he's a coward, and mm-hmm. he'll show that everyone in Texas is cowards. So, of course, Steve Austin takes the match. Right. And they have an actual match. It's yeah, not they do. a 20-second thing. It's right. a full, like, 12-minute match. Yeah, it's a real match. They fight all over. They, yep. they get ride on, together. They ride on the ATV <laughs> together. <laughs> that part I wasn't good. expecting. That yeah. was funny. Like, we talked to the whole pre-show was just Steve Austin. Yeah, they just had to keep practice Steve Austin on his ATV and all the different <laughs> tracks he was going to take. Did, he did have to ride it around the ring. Yeah. Enough and he'd that. do like wheeling, like get on two wheels sometimes for that. <laughs> he was cutting those corners. He was. Tight. He was. That was funny. Oh yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of was the beats I expected. Austin died yeah. early. Kevin Owens got in a couple shots. <laughs> they cried the four wheeler. Yes, obviously. of course they do. And then they get back to the ring, and Steve hits the stunner. Well, yeah, first Kevin Owens hits his stunner. That's true. He does get that in the ring, but then Steve Austin kicks out and eventually wins. Because right. he's Steve Austin. Yeah. In Dallas, in Texas. Dallas, like, come on. After no. 19 years retired. Real. You know what's going to happen. So, long storied career. We've watched a lot of yep. Steve Austin, man. What's your favorite Steve Austin match? 
Uh, it's probably, yeah. What's your second favorite? Probably him versus Do Love with all the stipulations. With Vince McMahon as the ref and stuff. Oh, okay. This is just a reminder. This match has no disqualifications. <laughs> Do you need me to pull up the... Uh... Yes. Nuance, jump up factor. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Can you just like, paste in the definitions in there? I should probably. Uh, well, not Facebook. Wait, wait Facebook. Nuance, so longevity, flexibility, intangibles, jump up factor, memorable peak matches, moments, and storylines, promo skills and character work, and then work rate. All right. It's a very high nuance. Yes. Say 9.5. Okay. What about you? Uh, I got to go 10. I think like all, well, actually no, I'll go 9.5 here. Why is that? Because I'm going to go 10 for the jump up factor. Like, memorable matches oh. and moments. Like Yeah, he has seen a 10. Like I was saying, like, the YouTube video we watched right before with all the vi- the vehicles and stuff, that was, like, every week in 98 Raw. It was, like, what are they going to do? Like, yeah, it's itchy and scratchy. Yeah, exactly. It was, <laughs> like, oh, this week Vince McMahon fired Steve Austin last night, so this week Vince McMahon's going to be taken hostage by Steve Austin and we'll shoot him with a... Bang flag gun at the end of Raw, and Vince McMahon will piss his pants. It was like, <laughs> and then the next week, or that's coming off the week he filled the Corvette with cement. That's coming off the week he gave yeah. him an enema. That's coming okay. off the week gotcha. he attacked him with a Zamboni. It was like everything. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, that's a, lot. that's a high bar. I keep setting up promo skills, character work. Yeah, nine point five. I feel like, yeah, he really became like a. Yeah. Cultural touchstone. Yeah. And like, even like early, like late 96, when he's kind of set up to have his feud with Bret Hart, he like totally turns it on. Like, even if they're not giving him a lot, like he's taking advantage of every promo and he's doing all the stuff with Brian Pillman and like going into it right away. And then work rate. Very high. Excuse me. I mean... I, he's a very good technical wrestler. The more I think about what you said, though, like, the, yeah, the Attitude Era doesn't really lend itself to, like, right quality. I'll give him a nine. Yeah, I'll also go nine there. Because I think... The same score. Like you said, like, he's kind of... Yeah, he's not Daniel Bryan as far as, like, technical wrestling goes, but he didn't need to be. Like, especially, like, the fully loaded 99, I think, is, like, the best example of the matches we saw of like the main event style match right but he is, i think he is a very good technical wrestler though if you think about i don't know if i'm allowed to consider his WCW, wcw matches but oh, he technically can. no okay. it's only wwe well, then, it's a, then it's a nine because you can't count his stunning steve years how did i some geez equal sign oh equal sign so there enter okay and then there you go Let's see how that feels yeah 38 38 yep yep and I think for now, again, this is uh, preliminary. I am putting him ahead oh, wow. of Randy Savage. Of course, we are going to do Randy Savage later this year, so I might 
Right now, I'm, hi- I'm writing the Steve the Austin high. Yeah. The recency bias. So right now, I'm wow. going to slide in Randy Savage at number two. You have Hogan at three? Yeah. Okay. I mean, these kind of need to be pretty high up. And then, last time I did the rack, I know I put them... Too, way too low. Yeah, I think I put them right here now. Great. All right. What are we going to do next month? So, next month is actually the start of we're going to have a little project the next three months oh wow and it's gonna revolve around sean michaels bret hart and sean michaels sean michaels kind of has two halves to his career interesting so we're gonna do part one part two yes the little little, uh bret hart sandwich in the middle exactly sean michaels sandwich in the middle love it i think that'll be good and Hopefully you can finally figure out the difference between. I know the difference now. Okay, I know between Bret Hart and the Heartbreak Kid. It's been a long time. It's, yeah. I, I got that. Now. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, you do. We've mm-hmm. seen enough of the two of them. That yes, I, they're different. Can you keep them apart. I yeah, I got it now. I don't have right. that problem. I don't have that problem anymore. Good. <laughs> and we'll we'll start our Heartbreak tour next next month. Until then, have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>